Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PPC Show, brought to you by AdStage. I am Paul Wicker. And I'm J.D. Prater. And today is February 7th, post-Superjuego. And uh, this is not only the post-Superjuego conversation, but also the second and final half of Revenue Roundup. Revenue Roundup. Exactly. I was just thinking, I'll, I'll put in some crazy uh, sound effect, but you did it for us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Super Bowl came and went last Sunday, San Francisco... Yeah, a lot of people went to bed. Oh, the, the, the non-watchers went to bed thinking uh, another or a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl victory for the Niners and then woke up to the Chiefs winning. Another big Chiefs come from behind victory. So I'm sure if you watch football, you've already moved on entirely. Even though it was just Sunday, it feels like it was months ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. I was watching that game and... Uh... Meg, it was like, you know, going into the fourth quarter and she's just not really paying attention, doing some cooking. And she's just like, what's happening over there? And I was like, oh, Niners got it. You know, I think they're up like 10. I, I think they got this one going into the bag. They were like driving, you know, all of a sudden we got a game. And I was like, what? <laughs> you lost. <laughs> yeah, that those Chiefs, that Mahomes. Mahomes. Hey, he did well. He's got so many well. great names uh, that come out of his last name. Um, and but how about those ads. ads? That's what I'm here for. Right, the halftime show and ads pretty much dominated the conversation after the Super Bowl was over. The big news on the halftime show was like, you know, empowered Latina women or uh, ex- uh, not extortion of women, but uh, you know, a 50 year old woman who looks in- sexualized. Yeah. Yeah amazing shape on a stripper pole setting unrealistic standards and uh, sensationalizing sex there's like two totally different takeaways from that um yeah i don't know what you do i don't know how you take it Uh, so i took it as i'm a big fan of that bill murray groundhog day commercial right (laughs) that's where i'm gonna leave it (laughs) liked that one uh really enjoyed the snickers commercial where everything bad in the world that's happening is because the world has the hangries. And mm-hmm. so if we just give it a Snickers, things will get better, like influencers falling in the pit. You just got to love that. I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just got to eat. I mean, you don't necessarily have to eat a Snickers, but, you know, I'll, I'll get on board. Yeah. I, uh, Did you eat any Snickers since then? Is the advertising uh, working on you? No, no. But I did think it was funny. So uh, maybe brand affinity went up. Uh, but sentiment maybe went up, but uh, I'm not buying right. that Jeep Commander or Commando, whatever it's called. I don't even know. Again, right. it didn't work, but I just thought it was funny because I'm a big uh, Groundhog's Day fan. I love that. I love that movie. I think it's really good. In fact, I read an article, which I, I should have put in there, about startups that did Super Bowl commercials like, I don't know, 20 years ago, whenever the first startup was like we're going to do a super bowl commercial and it was right before the bubble burst in 2001 so i think it was the year 2000 so yeah it was like 20 years ago and there was a lot i think it was 20 but some large amount of startups did super bowl commercials and famously like pets.com which was one of the most famous dot com (laughs) bubble bursts that went you know they ipo'd and then like within six months were bankrupt and out of business uh they were the we work of their time let's put it that way that's right that's right um and then basically a bunch of companies you never heard of. There was one or two, I forget, like some travel site that still exists. But um, but they, it still wasn't conclusive. Did it help them or did it hurt them? Because, you know, 2001 pretty much put most startups out of business regardless of Super Bowl ads. But a lot of these folks, you know, raised like $10 million and then spent like $5 million on a Super Bowl ad right. and production and all that. So 
Yeah, I think the ones that I uh, that you flagged here, I thought it was interesting. We saw a lot of big tech. You called it big advertising. Uh, when you see Facebook, Google, Amazon, like, do they really need to pay for that spot? I mean, you already like everyone already knows you. Everyone already uses your products. I know you need to stay in front of them, but um, I called it sad advertising right. with Google's. Yeah. It, it was just like, hey, let me play on this like sad, really edge use case for using right. Google Home. And then all I could think about was like. This guy is giving you all his information so you can monetize it and show him ads. Right. <laughs> I was just like, it's so sad. Yeah. That's the sad part. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't see the Google ad, yeah, it was basically this like old guy, you know, whose wife was dead, like trying to remember things about her by asking, you know, Google to like show me pictures of us at the whatever. Um and if it you, was the notebook in one minute. Right. I, I thought like Up. If you ever saw Pixar's Up? Uh, up. Yeah, that intro <laughs> scene where you watch like the the old man and his whole life with his wife and then she's dead. Uh, like I was like, oh, this is Up. And it's the same thing where it's just like, you know, it's sad too. Like everybody talked about it, like, oh my God, so sad. So you go into it like, I'm not going to cry. And then you're like, oh, I got to get to tissues. Um, either way, Google spent their money trying to, you know, get you to just share everything with Google. It's, it'll help you out somehow in the future. Um, and then Amazon, basically same thing, but with Alexa, uh, you know, they yeah. had Ellen, they did the Ellen, uh, and I thought Porsche. that was way better executed. Uh, it was fun. I, I, it was funny, you know, cause you are like, what did I do before? Like the, not necessarily Alexa, but just before the internet, right? <laughs> Encyclopedias, right? <laughs> um, so public library that was a good one and and they were trying again though Alexa so Google's trying to you know sell their their home product Alexa and Amazon are selling their home products so very much kind of competing with the same message then you had Facebook the Facebook groups one where you had like people like rock related things like rock climbing groups and rock carrying people workout people I don't know I don't know what did you think of that one uh, I thought it had a good beat of a song so it caught people's attention and then fell flat when you found out it was for facebook groups right <laughs> you're like oh this is cool what's going on here oh what right facebook groups i feel like a bait and switch yeah uh, like oh this thing so, from 1998 uh you're advertising like what yeah if i was uh reddit i'd be like psyched i'd be like okay cool like this is like really reaffirming that facebook cares this much about groups it only it makes us look better I think the other thing, too, uh, we talked about Facebook's Q4 uh, earnings report last week, but uh, Zuck went all in. He thinks groups are the future of Facebook. And then, but I think I would caveat Facebook groups that are also, um, what is not anonymized, what is it in the back? Encrypted, encrypted uh, Facebook groups. Are, uh, that's where Facebook is moving. So Right. Yeah. It's like uh, messenger plus you know. group, encrypted messaging plus groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, it, I think for the, for people who are onto Facebook strategy, you can see it's him laying the groundwork of like, hey, remember Facebook groups and how great they are because they want people to use them. Uh, but if you're an average consumer, you're like, you know, what? You know, Facebook groups, yeah. they've been around forever. You either use them or you don't. Like, are you really going to run a Super Bowl commercial for like something that's 10 years old? And then this week with the anti-vaxxing issue, uh, this is small, not really ad-related, sorry, but uh, anti-vaxxing Facebook group, like 139,000 people. Mom goes there when the child's sick. They give her some advice, told her not to take the medicine the doctor told them to take. She doesn't take it. Kid dies. Yikes. <laughs> Short story. Now, do you blame the mom? Or do you blame the group? I don't know. Uh, at some point, people have to take responsibility. However, let's talk about some ads. Right. Well, I think you got to blame 
the mom for making a terrible choice. But also, you know, that doesn't mean you should have places where you can go to get bad information. I mean, but I mean, if you go to the Internet and you type in anything, you will find people that tell you it is right. You can literally be like, should I give my infant very sharp knives to juggle? And somebody would be like, (laughs) oh, yeah, here's the infant juggling increases IQ. Uh, So as a parent, you know, I don't trust anything on the Internet. I don't care where. But Facebook does have a lot more credibility. And obviously, this extends to all the political stuff and like all the fake news on Facebook. So political ads can be totally fake. Anyway, uh, so um, let's move on to Cora. You guys have some news, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty excited for this one. Two features coming out really to help marketers understand conversions and better track them. So we've got Advanced Match. You've seen Facebook do this, Snap do this, Pinterest do this. Uh, now Cora can do this as well. So really excited for Advanced Match, which is uh, really going to be helpful for that cross-device tracking or if cookies are dropping, which we're seeing browsers do more and more. I could foresee this getting and becoming more of the future of how we're tracking. Uh, and then with conversion windows, this is really going to allow you to uh, go in and update your click-through and your view-through conversions uh, to align better with your sales process. Pretty simple stuff here. Uh, a lot of the big advertising uh, platforms already have this. Again, this is us playing catch-up and hopefully getting closer to parity. Nice. Um, yeah, I need to get myself caught up on the cookie changes because I know a lot is changing. I'm just not super caught up on what it means for the advertiser. So. Bookmark this conversation for after I actually do some research on (laughs) the changes to tracking. Um, We have some some numbers that came out since we spoke last. So last time we covered a bunch of folks like Microsoft and Apple and Amazon. Uh, Since then, a few more folks published their numbers. So Snapchat official numbers are out. Uh, 44% year-over-year increase for Q4. They're up to $561 million in revenue and their daily active users are up to 218 million, which is up just a little bit, 4%. Uh, that's from 4% over last quarter, not year over year. So over 200 million DAUs and revenue at 561 million for Snap. I mean, they're there. They're, I, they're hanging around. Like, I'm actually like really impressed. I, I know they, the stock doesn't necessarily reflect that, but uh, this is really impressive. I mean, they're doing almost 2 billion in ad revenue like that's 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 great you know when i think about uh you know the type of company i think some of the things i want to call out that i think are super important 1.3 trillion snaps were created in 2019 average user spending 30 minutes a day and then the next part that uh evan mentioned in their earnings report was that they are going to be uh moving toward achieving profitability for the first time in, the, in order to self-fund and investments in the future. So look for them to hit profitability and then 2020. And I'm, if you, I'm trying to compare them. So I'll, I'll tweet out this uh, table that JDI have been working on that has like the revenue and DAUs for, for these different sites. But uh, Evan also said that Snap has a lot of room to grow, that they're not monetizing their users as much. And if you do the quick math, it does seem that way. They have 218 million users. And keep Twitter in mind, because Twitter actually came out with their numbers too. Twitter has 152 million daily active users, or as they call them, monetizable daily active users, whatever that means. But uh, So Twitter actually has less users than Snap. But 
Um, Twitter did 119 million. No, sorry. Twitter did a billion dollars this quarter compared to Snap doing half a billion, 561 million. So, you know, with more users than Twitter, Snap is still only at half the revenue. So if they could monetize at the same rate at Twitter, which, which doesn't do a great job monetizing their user base in general, Snap has plenty of room to grow. So, uh, and there was a few things uh, in addition. If you read the financial results about the ad business specifically, story ads doubled in Q4. So the, the revenue from story ads doubled in Q4 2019. Um, they have some big brands like McDonald's and Coca-Cola using uh, the scan camera, whatever that is. Um, yeah. Revenue from commercials more than tripled year over year. Uh, and then there's something about lenses. Uh, oh, I don't have the data here, but I think 20% of lens usage came from their lens community network. So they're not lenses that get made by Snap, but there's actually like a button that gets you into almost like an app library looking thing, but it's like a lens library. And the lenses are created by anyone and 20% of their usage comes from this. So that's like a huge network effect advantage if you start to create really creative lenses and interesting creative things in your network from your users, because obviously that scales a lot better than just counting on your team to build everything. So, yeah, so building that moat. Yeah, I think that's that's great for Snap. And as the world becomes more and more AR friendly and everybody starts putting on crazy things on their faces and robots in the background and 3D floating around, all that, like Snap is, is definitely the leader there. Uh, I, I mentioned Twitter, so I don't think there's too much more to talk about in terms of them. Um, a billion in revenue, which is a little bit more than they expected, Ooh. and their daily monetizable DAUs, $152 million, which is up 21% year over year. So their user base is up, although some, I don't know if you saw, some people are like debating, is their user base really up? Yes, I know. They, I mean, anytime you talk about monetizable daily active users as your like metric of choice, I mean, it's always a tough one because uh, you're the only one that puts out that number. People put out daily active users like Facebook does, but they also put out monthly active users, right? Um, but not monetizable daily active users. So that's users that can see ads. But things that I saw that were interesting, Paul, I mean, a billion is very interesting, a billion a quarter. For Twitter, uh, I'm guessing a lot of that's that movie money coming in. Um, but uh, something else that I thought was really interesting, again, uh, Jack said this, and I thought it was really cool. Uh, he gave uh, this quote, our concentration in San Francisco is not serving us any longer, and we strive to be a far more distributed workforce, which we'll use to improve our execution. Does that mean remote work is here? Or will they do satellite offices more across, you know? So I'm very interested. Well, I was at a meeting in Twitter uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Their office is beautiful. I mean, I've been there over the years, but like it is the amount of money they spend. They have this huge building on Market Street in San Francisco. And it's like the lunch area is amazing. Like the architecture is amazing. The design, the interior decorating is amazing. The conference room. On a, I, we were at a conference room. I was in a meeting with like 20 people. It had an oak table, or maybe it was a redwood table. It was a wood table. It must have been like 20 feet across. It was like a V. It was like 20 feet across on one side, like 10 on the other. <laughs> and it was in this massive room with like all these, you know, cameras. And t I was like, how much money do you spend on facilities? So they probably could save like $100 million if they just get the hell out of San Francisco <laughs> and stop building designer offices. 
Well, they plan on growing spending by 20% in 2020. Uh, they're going to add 20% headcount, and they're also going to build a new data center. So they're looking to add around 960 employees. Yeah, I know they're trying to grow product wow. and eng. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, a thousand people. They're going to hire a thousand people next year, and that's probably like small compared to like Google and Facebook. They probably hire that every month. That's true. Um, well, they need to anyway. do a lot of rebuilds of their architecture, like their systems <laughs> architecture. So I know that they're, it's catching up with them, the kind of code base that they've built. And they're trying to do some like major rebuilds of like core pieces, which everybody loves to hear internally. It's like, hey, no new features for two years while we rebuild the underlying infrastructure. Uh, yep. And I'm making up the two years. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see their product development cycle slow down as they focus more on core infrastructure. Um, <laughs> I put this next headline in, which is just, maybe it's over the line. Wiener gets cooked. <laughs> so Jeff Wiener, <laughs> the he's out. CEO of LinkedIn. I mean, he's out, but he's promoted to the board, which is what you do. Sure. So, you know, you can make your millions and go do nothing. Uh, but Jeff Wiener, who, you know, he was part of launching LinkedIn. They sold it to Microsoft uh, in 2016, it's been four years, believe it or not. I think that's probably his golden handcuffs, I'm guessing. Exactly. Guess. So time's up. So now he's going to go to the board. They promoted the head of product to be the new CEO and then promoted some internal guy to run run products. So it just seems like the, the secession plan was already in place and yeah. it's happened. You know, we talked about Microsoft earnings last week. I don't know if LinkedIn did well or if they didn't. I mean, obviously, if you compare it to Facebook, Snap, uh, it's, it's much smaller. It's growing... Uh, much less quickly, but uh, it's hard to tell because Microsoft doesn't give you great transparency. We did talk about last week they they grew 26 percent, but they didn't give you the hard numbers in the in the financials, just that it grew 26 percent. So, right, and especially with uh, I mean, let's be honest, B2B ad revenue is microscopic compared to that retail D2C e-commerce spend. Right. So when you think, I, I bet they have, I, I'm going to say at least 80%. I mean, that would be conservative guess. 80% of B2B spend on LinkedIn. And they're, I mean, they're doing maybe a couple billion, right? Uh, compare that to everywhere else. And it's like, okay, yeah, you guys are behind. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, he's out. Uh, also interesting, Paul, uh, a product guy going to CEO. You don't see that too often. Usually maybe operations, uh, rarely CMO even, but you know, uh, maybe a CFO right. or a COO, but this guy's a chief product officer. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, my product people doing well. I mean, a lot of times the product, VP of product becomes the COO, the chief operating officer, because product is such a big part of operations. And then the like at Twitter, Adam Bain is the COO and everybody assumes you know, if Jack goes to Africa, <laughs> like he said he was going to do, <laughs> and they force him to resign, that you know Adam Bain is the next in line. But, but I also mentioned on Twitter, it's a lot of white dudes. Like, there's no talk of any. Can we get a woman in there? Like, can we get a woman at any one of these tech companies as CEO? Just one. Um, okay, uh, real quick, I'm just going to mention Google. Uh, there's two things, <laughs> and then you can go eat your ramen noodles with your coworkers. You could, you, you can give me 30 seconds. Um, all right, all right. You got, you got, you got two minutes of my time. Uh, for those listening, I've got a team lunch. Very exciting. Ramen noodles today. 
<laughs> priorities. Um, uh, Google, because of all these cookie changes, uh, Google's going to actually remove some of the third-party verification for ad performance. We've heard this when GDPR first came out, and Google said, hey, you make us do this, then we're going to have to remove all this third-party tracking and verification stuff. Well, they're doing it, so now if you want to verify Google performance in some cases, you got to just trust Google, and we know what happens when you just trust Google. They overcount conversions, or like Facebook did a few years ago, just make up video views for like two years, and then be like, oh, just kidding, there was a bug. Those numbers are all wrong. So not great if you wanted transparency, but uh, you know, going to be tough to argue given GDPR and soon the California uh, Protection Act, which goes into like full-blown uh, effect in, I think, June or July. Um, and then the one I wanted to ask you about, then you can run out of here and I'll, I'll go through the last all right, one, all right. was so audience network. So there's two articles in yeah. here. One, Google uh, is getting, uh, the Justice Department is looking into the Google Ad Manager. So it used to be called DoubleClick and now it's called something else. Um, you know, if, if you want to get, uh, use Google to serve ads on your site, you know, Google tries to like wrap you into using their whole stack and people complained and now the DOJ is talking to folks like the New York Times, Gannett, Condé Nast. Yelp, Yelp, who has been critical of Google for like 20 oh, years, yeah. um, saying that, look, it's just, it's it's all too close, and they're forcing us to, if you want to buy ad space on YouTube, you have to use the Google stack. We don't want to. So maybe I'm winding some parts of that uh, is one side of the story, and the other is Facebook saying they're going to shut down the mobile web version of the Facebook audience network. So it's right. still mobile app stuff, but in terms of mobile web, they're going to get out of that business, so no, they won't serve ads on mobile web. I don't know. So is this like the end of the advertising networks, like the display-ish type advertising networks? I think, you know, I think we're starting to see some of that. You know, brand safety, can't control where these placements are. Uh, I mean, you can, but you can't. And I think that's part of it as well, going to maybe more premium uh, like sites for your, your mobile web aspect. So they'll still do in-app. Right, so don't don't let that one, you know, and for audience network, so still in app, but not mobile web. So uh, very interesting. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how this goes out. This will be April 11th, so be on the lookout for all those listening. April 11th, uh, the fan for mobile web. We'll we'll be gone. You know what else will be gone? You off to your ramen. So yes. thank you. For ramen time, Paul. Please, take us home. I, <laughs> I will. There's some things I do want to share with you guys. So thanks, J.D. Have fun at Ramen. Uh, and then we'll talk about, so not only is the audience network um, kind of slimming down and getting rid of this mobile uh, mobile web version of it, but Facebook's got now this track record of getting rid of a lot of these kind of ad exchange tracking-y things. So if you remember, Facebook bought Atlas from Microsoft. It was like the... It was basically a tracking pixel or a, a tracking tag that helped you do cross-device tracking. They shut it down. Facebook had uh, a connected TV uh, audience network as well. They shut that down. Uh, it had FBX, if you remember, which was like the display ad network. They shut that down. So, you know, given Facebook makes so much money on owned and operated properties, which is what you call, you know, the things you own, right? So Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. Uh, and if they're going to do an ad network, they want it to be all about mobile ads. So, you know, in-app mobile ads, uh, they want to be known as like number one. Google's already kind of, if you want to do like display ads on websites, go use DoubleClick. Um, Google kind of already owns that. And it's like spammy and it's, you know, low value compared to 
maybe mobile app install campaigns you're running in mo other mobile apps. So Facebook wants to own that piece, so they're going to shut down this piece of it. And it's a very small piece of their, uh, whatever we said, 26, $21 billion business. Pinterest also published their numbers, and we said we would tell you what they are this week, so I will. Uh, Pinterest did $400 million in revenue this quarter, and they had 335 million daily active users. So again, compare it to Pinterest, or sorry, Twitter. Twitter has 152 million. They make a billion. Pinterest has, you know, double that at 335 million. They're only making $400 million in revenue. So if I'm Pinterest, I, I think I have a long way to go in terms of, or a, a lot of upside in terms of monetizing my user base. Uh, so those are the Pinterest numbers, and I will tweet the numbers. We have kind of all the companies in the ad space that you probably care about uh, kind of summarized, so I'll tweet that out in a bit. And then the last story I want to touch on, if you watch the Iowa caucus, this is, has nothing to do with advertising, but it is tech. I put the story in here, and then people who read our newsletter, like three or four of them was like, this isn't ad tech, why is this in here? I'm talking about it anyway. Uh, the caucus happened. They tried, you know, the people running the caucus tried to use an app instead of paper, and it failed epically. So people couldn't uh, log into the app. It was hard to authenticate. And then after people put their results into this app, and it sent them to, like, whatever database, you know, the central database, there's, like, a formatting issue, so it failed. So the data, like, didn't transmit correctly. So the data still was stored in the app, and then the databases like that the app, you know, the save data went into. But when they tried to move it to whoever counts it on a DNC, um, that failed. So, and of course, no one cares about the nuance. In the eyes of the public and the media, it was just like, oh my God, this app failed. Is someone hacking it? You can't trust technology. So sadly, because this thing crapped the bed, we have to probably deal with paper ballots for another 20 years because everybody's going to just remember this moment. And I will say though, you know, as an app development company, they should have known to do a full end-to-end -end test, including transmitting the data to the place it needed to go and verify the data came across smoothly. Everything that uh, I've read about about this app being built sounds like very kind of, it's their first time doing it vibes. Like the security wasn't great, the way they deployed it wasn't great, the authentication wasn't great, the, they didn't test end-to-end -end by actually like verifying data in the final location. So uh, there was a lot of stuff which sound like, folks that didn't really know how to build an app were building an app but either way it wasn't as bad as people made it sound like like it was totally broken it was pretty much worked it just couldn't transmit the data at the end to the folks because of like some tiny formatting error and once they fixed it the data is fine so those are all the headlines that we have this week so if you want more headlines you can head over to blog.adsage.io you can sign up and you'll get a newsletter and i've started rewriting the headlines so they're funny and the last three weeks, they've been great, and people have been responding to it very well. So if you're not on that newsletter list, go sign up, blog.adsh.io, and enjoy your week. And I'll pretend I'm JD. See ya. Revenue Roundup. Revenue, revenue, revenue Roundup. Revenue Roundup Revenue, Revenue, Revenue Roundup